Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning Five here on Friday, March fourth, twenty twenty-two. I am Dave Biddle. I am happy to be joined by Jonah Booker for his usual Friday visit. We're doing it live here on a Friday, Jay Book. Um, let's get into an interesting interview Ryan Day did this week with the Columbus Dispatch. Uh, you're the one that pointed this out to me. Uh, you came up with the agenda for today's show. I love that. Less work for me to do, but I mean, some very interesting comments from Coach Day. Let's start with. I mean, it's obvious, but it was interesting to hear him talk about how the Michigan loss is motivating this team greatly this offseason. Expound on that, if you would. Yeah, I thought that was interesting from him. Obviously, the Michigan loss, it was an integral part in the program uh, not making the actual playoffs. So the fact that these guys are using that as motivation is going to bode well for them because typically this program, they operate in the space that – Anything, any nugget that Michigan can give them for motivation, they usually take it and run with it. We all knew uh, that the Michigan loss would motivate these guys. There was a lot of people wondering how the comments coming from Michigan, calling Ohio State soft, how that was going to actually play out. But the fact that Ryan Day was able to come out and say, yeah, this is motivating us. We're using this as a tool to really push our guys in the offseason I thought that was interesting from him. Yeah, and, you know, um, he also said something else that I find even more interesting than that. I mean, obviously, you lose to Michigan, and especially the way they lost, haven't lost to them in 10 years. And, of course, that's going to motivate Ohio State in the offseason. In fact, I don't think Ohio State's players hated Michigan. I think they thought they did. Um, but after beating them, at, you know, for so many years, even before they got there, um, you know, no one had lost to Michigan. Everybody had four or five gold pants, depending on how long you've been in the program. I don't think they actually hated Michigan. They do now. Um, but I want to ask you about something else that was very interesting with uh, Ryan Day's comments to the Columbus Dispatch. That was he knew in his gut, Jonah, after the Alabama loss in the national championship game in 2020, that he needed to make a change defensively. Um, but he didn't do it. He, he didn't follow his gut, but then the Oregon game confirmed it for him. Uh, that's when he moved Matt Barnes into that role temporarily. Now he's found his guy and Jim Knowles. I found that interesting that he's, you know, he, he's forthcoming with that, that he, in his gut, he kind of knew after the Alabama game, not kind of, he felt in his gut out after the Alabama game that he probably should have made a change defensively. Yeah, I mean, you look at that season and the defense wasn't great at all. They they were over they were able to overcome a lot of uh, things in the, uh, as far as COVID and Justin Fields play was outstanding that season, as well as uh, the wide receivers. And for that particular year, 
obviously COVID played a huge role in determining how good this actual team could be because you have to think about it. They cut out – the Big Ten cut out the spring practices. Kerry Combs was a first-time defensive coordinator, and he wasn't able to really install his defense. And so a lot of people use that as an excuse that season. But inside, Ryan Day had that feeling that something wasn't right, and it really, really kind of boiled over for him after the Alabama uh, debacle. Then you follow that up with the past season, they get stomped by Oregon, especially up front. And that was kind of the tipping point, according to Day, where he knew then that he absolutely needed to make a change. And one and following up on that, some of the other comments that he made was was about uh Matt Barnes. Matt Barnes was put in a tough situation and he was actually calling the defense that he necessarily didn't want to call. Uh, so it was it was a kind of a mess, and if you listen to his comments, it's surprising that this team was still able to win 11 games, go to the Rose Bowl. But as we went through the whole season, in the back of Ryan Day's mind, it was inevitable that there needed to be some type of change on the defensive front. It was just a matter of putting the puzzles and the pieces together to see how it's going to mesh. When you hire Jim Knowles, where does that leave Kerry Combs? Is there a spot for Kerry Combs? Is there a spot for Al Washington? When it came to Matt Barnes, Matt Barnes had an offer from Memphis to go there. He didn't necessarily know if he was going to have the opportunity to stay on the staff. So it's one of those, do I take this opportunity I have right now or do I try to stay and wait and hopefully uh, Jim Knowles would try to retain me? Yeah, I think Ryan Day hit a home run with the Joe, Jim Knowles hire. The proof will be in the pudding, but I uh, have a great feeling about that one. Um, what else stood out from Ryan Day's comments? Is there anything else that stood out to you? I just think for, for him coming out and, and really understanding that it's unacceptable to lose to Michigan. And for him, it said it affect not only himself, but it also affect his family, the, the coaches' families, the coaches, and for – Several months after that Michigan game, they weren't over it. And and it lingered inside the building because a lot of those kids, as you mentioned earlier, they never lost to Ohio State. And anytime Urban Meyer steps in front of inside that building, what does he say to these coaches? Don't lose to Michigan. That was some of the first words that he said to Jim Knowles when he first met him inside of Woody is don't lose to Michigan. So the fact that that game lingered for several months after uh, after that loss speaks volumes to about I, I just think that it's yes it sucked that they lost but I think it really reset the mindset within the program that you can't take those guys lightly Michigan had their backs against the wall everything was perfect for them you had the bad weather you had the seniority Jim Jim Harbaugh was essentially coaching for his life because if he lost that game to Ohio State at home especially with the Big Ten title on the line, I don't know how I don't know how patient that fan base would have been with Jim, especially losing to Michigan State earlier in the season. So to me, I just think that it really creates a more of a sense of urgency to say, hey, one, we need to get tougher up front because that was one of the biggest issues is we were getting bullied up front. And two, do not take that Michigan game lightly. Those guys, they were coming for their heads and Ohio State wasn't ready to master physicality. The great news is Jim Harbaugh tried to run off to the NFL. They didn't <laughs> want him. Now he's got to come to Columbus. 
this November and face the music. I cannot wait for that. I know every Buckeye fan out there cannot wait for that. Um, let's switch gears. As it turns out, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson are fast, even Ooh. faster than we thought. Flying. Chris Olave, <laughs> 4.26 unofficial. Chris Olave, 4.26 in the 40 at the NFL Combine. Garrett Wilson, also sub 4.4. He was, what was he, 4.37. I mean, those guys were already going to be rich men. Now they're uh, going to be even richer maybe than we thought, especially a lot of it. Hey, for me, as a Raiders fan, I was just like, oh, no, there's no way we're going to get Chris Alave to drop to us now. Because <laughs> I because he, he went up to the podium earlier this week, and he was talking about how his brother was a Raiders fan, and he would love to to go to, to Las Vegas. But now, after that time, there is no way he's going to get past – the probably the top 15 and you look at those times and I was texting uh Brian Hartline last night we were messaging messaging each other and name uh, dropper name dropper we were, ta- we were talking about who uh will win in a 40 between Olave and Jameson and Hartline said that he believes uh Olave just by a smidge but when it comes to anything 40 plus he would give it to Jameson but uh, they, I asked, I asked Hartline, I was like, Hey, do you, did you guys know he's running in the four twos? <laughs> and he goes, we suspect that he was close, but they didn't necessarily, they don't necessarily test like that when it comes to the forties at Ohio state, but he, they knew that he was a burner, but putting up those times, I mean, he, Olave really, really helped himself. I mean, tens of millions of dollars potentially, because you look at a lot of the mock drafts and, a lot of people had him going, you know, 15 to 25 type of range, even sliding. Um, and then Garrett Wilson was always projected potentially to be your number one wide receiver. And I just think that now the way the, the way teams are valuing their wide receiver position, and I'm going to call it the your guy, Jamar Chase syndrome. If you can get that elite wide receiver early on for a young quarterback, even a veteran quarterback, it can help out immensely when it comes to the passing game, because that's what the NFL is right now. It's just a straight up passing game. And with Olave and Wilson, I can see Atlanta at number eight. If they're talking about moving Calvin Ridley and saving 11 million in cap space there, I can see 11 or number eight been a destination. And then you look at the jets at number 11, they have two first round picks. Philadelphia has three first round picks after all the trades that they've done. I know they picked up Devonta Smith, but, Everything else on their wide receiver core is lacking. So I can see uh, one of those guys getting past the Cleveland Browns. Can you imagine, Dave, if the Cleveland Browns are on the clock and Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave are on the clock and they take Burks from USC, how the, the Buckeyes slash or Cleveland Browns fans will lose their mind? The Browns fans just need to hope that one of those two guys is on the clock and they take them. That they take one of those two guys. I'm saying this as a Bengal fan, but you got to if you're the Browns. Yeah, I mean, Browns fans would lose their mind if they took a, a different wide receiver if those guys are on the clock. I tend to think one of those two guys will be a Cleveland Brown. Um, yeah. So I, I'm sure Baker Mayfield would love that, um, and all Browns fans would love that. Um, you know what's crazy? The Buckeyes are losing two first-round wide receivers, and as we're talking about, probably not just first-rounders, but probably now top 15 picks. As you mentioned, there was a lot of mock drafts out there that were like, had Olave slipping to you right in the first round. I even read a couple that had him slipping to the second round. I'm like, no, that's not going to happen. Obviously, that's out the window now after he ran as well as he did. We know he's a technician as far as a route runner. 
Um, very good hands. I know he had a couple of drops. Find me a wide receiver that hasn't dropped some footballs. Um, I know he had that one in the Michigan game that everybody talks about. Okay, uh, you know, overall, Olave has very good hands. And, man, does he run great routes. So he's going to be a top 15 pick. So is Garrett Wilson. So Ohio State's losing two first-round wide receivers, and nobody's worried about it. You know, nobody – because they're still stacked with Jackson Smith and Jigba. We saw it in the Rose Bowl. Now, I don't know if – maybe if the Rose Bowl didn't happen and we didn't see it, um, although I've always been high on Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Buka and, um, you know, Julian Fleming and those guys, Jackson Smith and Jigba having the best performance by a wide receiver in the history of bowl games. It's crazy, though. I mean, Jay Book, Buckeyes losing two first-round receivers, and nobody's concerned about it. No. I mean, you can make an argument that the passing game is going to be even more deadly this year. You get another year under C.J. Stroud's book, uh, under center. He knows the playbook. Those younger guys just getting those reps and getting their feet uh, wet in the Rose Bowl is going to pay off tremendously. I mean, if you're Jackson Smith and Jigman, you you have to go into the offseason with your confidence just through the roof. I mean, you put up that type of historical performance. You're now in the top 10 when it comes to Heisman odds. You And you look at Marvin Harrison Jr. I mean, he is going to be a household name after this season. There's no doubt in my mind. Even Chris Olave up at the podium mentioned Marvin Harrison. And then another name that Chris Olave mentioned was Jalen Ballard, talking about how his speed is special. He just needs to get better at, you know, running his route. So that's a younger guy. And then obviously you got Julian Fleming. He's going to be in the mix. Uh, from what I've been, what I've been hearing, Julian Fleming has been playing. He's been uh, really busting his butt in the off season, getting stronger, getting healthier. The time is now for him to really step up and take that next step and show everyone why he was that five-star. And then you look at Emeka Ibuka, who's probably the best kick returner in the country. He, there's going to be a role for him. So I'm not concerned about that wide receiver room. I'm looking for another 4,000-plus passing season from C.J. Stroud. And Jackson Smith and Jig is probably going to break every single Ohio State receiving record this year if he continues on the type of monster pace that he was on that he finished the year with. And I, I look at it as it's just an embarrassment of riches. And then you you look at the young five-star that's coming in from Texas. He's going to be arriving on campus. and You throw him on the mix, and Brian Hartline is not shy to play true freshmen. If you're good enough to see the field and you are you can beat somebody out, then you can, you can play here at Ohio State. So the wide receivers are deep. They're lethal. You have the size. You have the athleticism. You have the speed. I mean, it's, I would make an argument right now, even though the other guys aren't as experienced, there's not a wide receiver unit in the country that I would take over Ohio State's right now. I agree 100%. It's, I mean, with Jackson coming back and then these guys coming up, I mean, Marvin Harrison has the bloodlines, um, but he doesn't even play like his father. I mean, he's got all the knowledge from his father, but he, he looks more like an A.J. Green to me. 6'4", just that lankiness, but also – you know, wiry, strong, um, just catches the ball away from his body just very naturally. And I think Emeka Buka is going to have a huge year, both as a wide receiver and a kick returner. Um, love that. All right. We're going to finish talking some hoops. If you don't care about Ohio State basketball, it's been good talking to you. Uh, have a great weekend. But we're going to finish talking about this basketball team. Huge win last night, and they needed it. Buckeyes 80, Michigan State 69 at the shot. Buckeyes now 19-9 and overall, 12-7. and in the Big Ten, tied with Iowa for fourth place. Hopefully they can get that double bye. Um, Selection Sunday, a week 
from Sunday. Buckeyes will host Michigan this Sunday, and I like that. I like that matchup for the Buckeyes. They'll be favored in that game. The um, career game for Joey Brunk. Can't fake the funk with Joey Brunk. 18 points. Came in averaging 1.2 points a game. He explodes for 18 points, and they needed it because they didn't have Zed Key. They didn't have Kyle Young. Malachi Branham, another great game, 22 points for number 22. EJ Liddell, 19 points. Wheeler, 16 points. Huge win for the Buckeyes last night. It was much needed. I mean, they had to get up off the mat after that Nebraska loss was a pretty bad loss. And I, to be honest, Dave, I don't know what we're going to get out of this team come Big Ten tournament and, and March Madness. I mean, they're so inconsistent up and down. You don't know what team is going to show up. They can show up hot and can play with anybody in the country, and they can show up and get beat by a 16 seed in the tournament. That's just kind of the way the program is going right now. The biggest thing for them is they just need rest. They need to get their legs under them. But unfortunately, that's not going to happen until they get that layoff between the Big Ten tournament and March Madness because they got another big game coming up. And then at that point, it's time to start gearing up for the Big Ten tournament. But yeah, I the one thing that I really took out of that game is the comments from Tom Izzo criticizing the atmosphere um, and, and the fans not being able there to support the team. Is that an indictment on, on Izzo that Ohio State fans aren't even excited for his, his program? Well, I was going to ask you about that. Like, okay, I talked about this on Twitter last night. First of all, I don't. he's not wrong. It's something we all talk about. It came across salty to me because what are you going to say if you're Izzo and you're a little salty? You can't really say anything. That the officials weren't bad. I know he likes Chris Holtman, you know. Buckeyes, Buckeyes just kicked their ass. He, so he takes a shot at the fans. And, again, he's not wrong. But after getting your ass kicked at Ohio State, you're the visiting coach. And I'll full disc- I like Tom Izzo. I actually, he's a legend. I like Tom Izzo. I didn't think that was his place to say that last night. Again, he's not wrong. There's a lot of things we could say that we wouldn't be wrong. Maybe it's not our place to say it. I felt like that was not his place as the visiting coach who just got his ass kicked to say, oh, I'm disappointed in the fans here. It's like, eh. Let, maybe, you know, if Chris Holman wants to say that, if I can keep my laptop from flying off my desk here, if Chris Holman wants to say that, let Colt say it. I just felt like that was not Izzo's place to say it. I agree. It was definitely an odd statement from an opposing coach there. I mean, what does that say about you, that the atmosphere was stale and you still got the ba- the brakes beat off of you? Right. <laughs> And, and, and just imagine if, if if it was a hostile environment, how would your team perform? But overall, good win. Program needed it. They needed they needed to really get that sour taste out of their mouth after the Nebraska loss. But as far as as far as Tom Izzo, I mean, he's been kind of the supposedly voice of reason for the Big Ten these last couple of weeks, coming out to the podium and having comments pretty much about everything. I almost have to question is how much time does Tom Izzo have left? I mean, I know he's he's a he's going to be a lifer there, uh, but Michigan State, their basketball program, they have high expectations. How much longer are they going to put up with him? I was listening to uh, the Mike Valenti show yesterday up in Detroit, and they were just absolutely ripping into Tom Izzo and the basketball program, and he's a Michigan State uh, Homer as well, and he was just talking was about how they fans. got their butt kicked by Ohio State. Wow. Yeah, before that, before that, and so he was just talking about how the fan base are fed up with him, and they're just they're they're discussing the way the program is starting to really backslide, and they're questioning how much did Izzo really have left in the tank. But at this point, 
I just want to see Ohio State make a Sweet 16 run. I mean, I know, uh, I know Chris Holman has uh, the fan base pretty much divided. You have the people that are on social media that thinks that he needs to go. There, there are others who believe uh, with the recruiting class coming in next year, he needs a little bit more time. He's winning 20-plus games a season. A lot of people are pointing to the atmospheres because they just the, – the fan base really haven't embraced the basketball program and Chris Holtman like a lot of people had expected. But for me, just watching those guys, I just want to see them – Make a little bit of a run in the tournament. You got a great recruiting class coming in next year. So let's parlay that into something special with the next year's season. So for me, just don't get bounced by, you know, a sister of the pores in the first round this year. Yeah. And first of all, we appreciate all of the comments and questions. There's one question I want to get to. Um, what are the odds of a Big Ten title in hoops? If you mean regular season, that's out the window. You probably mean you know, conference tournament. Um, obviously, Ohio State would have a chance at winning that. Frankly, I hope they don't. I know that sounds weird. It feels like if you'd make a deep run in the Big Ten tournament, it hurts you in the NCAA tournament. You know, I won't mind at all if they're one and done in the Big Ten tournament. I know that sounds crazy. Last year, they got to the Big Ten championship game, played four games in four days, and maybe they still would have lost to Oral Roberts. But I, I've just seen it too many times, Jay. But where are you at on that? Do you are you into the Big Ten tournament? That I mean, it's fun while it's going on, but I think if you go too far in the Big Ten tournament, I think it can hurt your chances in the big dance. I'm on the opposite end of that because I don't think this basketball program is playing well enough heading into March to say, hey, uh, an early loss is going to help their momentum. I'm a big proponent of going into March Madness, playing some of your best basketball and being hot right now. And if they were able to make a run in the Big Ten tournament. That tells me that the confidence in the program is continued to grow. Those guys are starting to peak. They're playing their best basketball at the right time. If you get bounced early from the Big Ten tournament, what is your mentality going into the tournament? Because the, first, the deeper that you can go in the Big Ten tournament, the better seating you're going to get in the bracket. But the biggest thing for me is, if you're getting hot at the right time, I just think that will definitely help those guys once the big dance starts. I hear what you're saying. I, I'm probably in the minority there. I just and I've seen the I've seen the selection committee just basically ignore the Big Ten tournament too often. The results of it, like not if you get bounced in the first round, but you get to the championship game. And since that's happening a couple hours before the selection show, maybe a hour before the selection show, I've seen it too many times where they basically ignore the Big Ten tournament. Um, now, I'm okay with that because I do feel like the Big Ten regular season should carry the most weight, but um, I'm probably in the minority there where I really don't care about the Big Ten tournament. Now, when yeah. it's going on, I do. When it's going on, when the games are being played, I'm, like, all in. But, like, overall, I'm just not a huge fan of the Big Ten tournament. Anyway, I'm a big fan of Jay Book. Thank you for doing the show live with me today, my friend. Thank you to all the listeners and viewers out there. We appreciate that very much. Hope everyone has a great day and a great weekend. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or 
I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 